Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Valley podcast. I'm Andrew Mearns. Kun Shaw's with me over there. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you doing? Doing all right. Got uh, the pitchers and catchers finally reporting today after this long, strange winter. So that's uh, that's kind of nice. I guess it's starting to feel like you know real baseball, but who knows? Yeah, so we're getting a little bit closer to it anyway, right? And yeah. you know, even though pitchers and catchers this always feels very anticlimactic because not a lot is happening. At the time, it's just, just like literally just showing up. Congratulations, yeah, you got they're here. Board. You might get some beat writers taking some very fuzzy photos from like a hundred yards away. So those fuzzy photos are always the best. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I think I can make out John Carlos Stanton's bicep in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, ooh, look All at right. that. I'd recognize that bicep anywhere. I'll never forget there was one time that someone took this very terrible photo of like Michael Pineda standing behind a hedge or something like that. It's like, okay. <laughs> Yep, that's that's him, I guess. You you got the shot. Cool. cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Vital. <laughs> now let's write 1,500 words on this picture. Oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, <laughs> former Yankees, we're going to talk about uh, Justin Wilson because he is no longer a former Yankee. He is now a current Yankee again. Wilson! And this Tom concludes our analysis. <laughs> so I hope you appreciate that. Yes, Tom Hanks will be joining us uh, shortly to give us his take on this. Yeah, you'd be surprised at how many connections the Pinstripe Alley podcast has. We have uh, Hanks on speed dial. I'll send him a tweet and uh, yes. we'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> Don't worry, he's already listening. He's the first person who downloads the podcast every week. Oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tom. I shouldn't be underestimating you. Yes, exactly. But <laughs> anyway, Justin Wilson, it was a move that I think they needed to make to get another decent reliever into the mix. No, I definitely like it. I mean, he pitched well when he was here. I think he was traded to Detroit, right? That's when we got Louis Sessa and Chad Green. Yeah. So like, I yeah, kind of don't like him because he's part of the reason why Louis Sessa's on the team. But if he comes back, maybe that means Louis Sessa's gone. But it also he also brought Chad Green <laughs> to the team, which was very good. This is true. So. Chad Green has been great. Yeah. No, it's a good move. He's been like, you know, he's not like a flashy like top tier best reliever in the league type uh, bullpen pitcher but that's not what they needed they just need somebody who can go out there and not freaking lose the game for them yeah and just be in another reliable piece and so i like the move i mean that's what they needed yeah when you already have like three pretty good pieces toward the end of the game and then you can ask your 
Justin Wilson's and your Darren O'Day's to get these middle innings, which are so important now with starters going fewer and fewer innings these days. So that really leaves a lot of outs to get in the sixth and the seventh that you don't really want to be always asking your Zach Britton's and your Chad Green's to be getting. So right. these just good, solid relievers like Darren O'Day and Justin Wilson, those are the kind of guys you need to get you to the, the next level. And, and then Darren O'Day and Justin Wilson, those are the type of relievers who like, yeah, you don't want them like pitching high leverage innings maybe every day or whatever. Obviously you don't want any reliever pitching every day, but like when you don't have to Britain or Chad Green or even I guess Chapman available, you know, you have Justin Wilson, Darren O'Day in the back of the bullpen who can, you know, maybe come in and get that save for you today or whatever it is that you're not just throwing Again, sorry, Luis Sessa's family, who's probably listening to this and hating me, but you're not throwing Luis Sessa out there in high leverage situations, so you're good. Yeah, and like this is something that the Yankees were really missing last season with uh, Tommy Canley after the season because he had provided such a good bridge to those late innings in the previous couple of years. So I don't know that I'd necessarily put O'Day or Wilson up to the kind of level Canley could be at his best, but they're pretty they're a pretty close approximation, I think. Yeah, no, it's exactly. It's like they're probably that tier right below where Canely is. And Canely's probably propelled by his thighs. Yeah. Yeah. Neither well, of them have his th- his have, have his thighs, so, you know. Definite advantage for TK there. <laughs> <laughs> where where did he land? Is he in the Dodgers? Did I make that up? Yeah, no, he he signed a two-year deal with the Dodgers so they okay. could rehab from Tommy John this year and right. then hopefully 2022 he'll do something for him. So that was good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Always good when you can get the team to get, you know, to sign somewhere with the rehab and then just take a chance on you for the year coming back. Exactly. It's pretty much the, the standard for Tommy John surgery at this point. Yeah. Ken Giles signed a deal like that too. So that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, Wilson, I mean, there's not really a lot for us to say here. It's just a good, smart move. We'll add our uh, token complaints about how the Yankees could still be doing a lot more to help pitching if they really wanted to. But, you know, in their own self constrained payroll limits, I guess this is what makes sense the most. It, it is interesting, though, because, I mean, a few people have brought this up, like with the whole payroll thing, like they did give him a four million dollar deal. So and they're so they're very close to that self-imposed tax threshold. I mean, it's not self-imposed. I mean, it does exist, but like the fact that they're limiting themselves to it. So I'm very curious to see if there's any other moves out there or whatever, because it doesn't give them a lot of wiggle room. And, you know, they generally like to keep like five, six million there just for like midseason acquisitions or anything like that. Right. And it was very weird, too, because as of the time of recording, they still have not released the specific terms of the deal. The most we know is that he'll probably be getting about $4 million this year, but Buster only reported that it could be like a multi-year sort of thing with like options for 2022 that could bring right. the average annual value down to 2 to $3 million. So it's like little ticky-tacky ways that Cashman's working to try to operate in that limited threshold that they might be able to work a little bit more with. But yeah, you're right. Ultimately, it doesn't come down to that much of a difference. And they are definitely going to set like a nest egg aside for doing something at the trade deadline. Even if they don't, they'd rather have that in case of emergency. If like one of their starters goes down with like a season ending injury, then they can get a replacement. Right. And And that's to say nothing of any possible Brett Gardner comeback, which is still probably in the offing, but I have no idea at this point. That's actually exactly what I was going to bring up. Like I've kind of figured whatever like change for the Yankees that they had left over, they would try and figure out a deal to bring up Brett Gardner. I'm still not convinced that he's not coming back, but for the first time this offseason or ever, like the last week or so, I've started entertaining that that might be a real possibility. Yeah, Jake talked about this briefly in his article that came out uh, on the 16th, where he's saying that 
basically the longer and longer it's we're going without Brett Gardner on the team, the more it seems like it's possible that they will go into 2021 without Brett Gardner. And as I've said before, there is a defensible case to be made for both sides that like maybe the outfield death could use a Brett Gardner, even if he might end up playing a bit too much versus what they'd be without him, where if you lose some of these guys for too long, I, I would feel a little bit better about Brett Gardner taking that spot than like a Talkman or a Greg Allen. Oh, absolutely. And we talked about this last time too, like, if Brett Gardner plays 100, if there's a full 162 games, right? If he plays 120 games because Judge or Frazier or Hicks or whatever, some combination thereof got hurt and he was just forced into the lineup, fine. I'm, like you said, it's better to have him than not have him. But if he's playing 120 games because of whatever veteran presence he brings and, you know, Clint Frazier's just sitting around, like, you know, riding the bench, then it's a problem. But right now it seems like they're willing to ride with Clint Frazier. You know, obviously Judge... There's no nobody's taking him out of the lineup and Hicks. So if they were to bring Gardner back, it does seem like they would really just have him as the true fourth outfielder, which I think would be a great move. Actually, Judge strikes out too much. He should be benched. Yes. Yeah, Aaron Judge, who are you? Yeah, get out of here. Well, actually, the uh, another signing that they made within the past week that is relevant to this conversation is bringing in Jay Bruce on a minor league deal with a spring training invitation, since that seems to be some Gardner insurance, and Bruce could even make the team anyway, just because he's the kind of good lefty bat that is pretty much always useful to have on your team as just a threat on the bench if he's productive. So... He's not obviously not. He's not going to be the defensive outfield that, that Brett Gardner is by any means. But he, I would say, he provides a bit more of a threat off the bench. So there, that is an option that the Yankees could choose to go to if they don't want to bring back Gardner. Yeah, it was definitely like a solid move, like you said, the Brett Gardner insurance. If they can't figure out a, a way to get to terms that they can both agree on or whatever, you have that, and then you're not relying on Mike Talkman to come and save you off the bench or anything like that, which is always good. Right. Bruce even has a little bit of first base experience too. So that's another just small little bit of versatility that can't hurt if he does end up making the team. I, I don't think he's going to be exactly Mark Deshera out there, but you know, if he can fake it and not do like the Alex Rodriguez first base experience, then I think we'll be good. Yeah. It'll definitely give uh, Aaron Boone some like ability to be creative with his, not necessarily his like everyday lineups, obviously. I mean, Jay, again, if Jay Bruce is playing every day, we have a bigger problem that we don't know about. Yeah. But um, you know, whenever he brings him in as like a potential, like a bat off the bench or whatever, he can, you know, maybe take Boyd out for Cause if he's not coming back up in the lineup and then let Bruce fill it up first. So it def- definitely gives him some room for creativity. Yeah. And it's hard to find a minor league contract that is just absolutely terrible. So why there's not give- no such thing as a, like, there's no such thing as a bad minor league contract or even any, like, even if it's a major league contract for like the veterans minimum or whatever, I don't believe that there's a such thing as a bad one, unless it's like, just a terrible human being. That's a different story. Yeah, but most times it's hard to find a bad one-year deal in general. The only real exception I can think of that is like a Kevin Euclid type of situation where right. the guy just immediately gets hurt. And then he's like, okay, well, there is 10 million set on fire. Not that I'm mourning for Hal, but... <laughs> right. Like even when they brought in like Kendris Morales and he was just bad. I was just like, whatever, who cares? Yeah. It's like you were just occupying space for a little bit. <laughs> Was that the year that um, Voight came up, or was that the year after? I have no idea. It all sort of blends <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, I'm so bad at like specific years. Well, the other day in our in our Pinstripe Alley Slack, I was like, if Gardner doesn't come back, is Gary Sanchez technically the longest tenured Yankee? Which I think I still had a reasonable case for because he did technically come up for like an hour and a half in 2015. I forgot about Luis Severino. <laughs> yeah, Severino came up a little bit before yeah. Gary, but... But Gary has been around just a long time, too. Exactly. 
Okay, by the way, just to settle this, so Kendra Morales came up in 2019, and that was a Luke Voigt had been spending some time on the disabled list here and there, so that played a little bit into it. But I think that was also yeah. around when like Stanton was like hurt the entire season too, so they were trying to find some more help at DH, and they did not find that in Kendra Morales. But ultimately, no, not at all. Whatever. Was that also the same year they had Encarnacion? It was like Kendrick Morales fail, so then they brought in Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, Ed- Edwin was also, was also 2019. Yeah. That was, that, that was a good bring-in. <laughs> yeah, he was really good in that second half there. Then just did absolutely nothing in the playoffs, and that was a little disappointing. Right. I don't think good bring-in is an expression, and I just said that. But I'm going to go with it. It's a good bring-in. Good bring-in. Yeah, there you go. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully the Yankees get some good bring-ins this spring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always love me a good bring-in. Yeah, so uh, anyway, uh, away from uh, Kendry's chat, which apparently is what the show is <laughs> Come to Pinstrip Alley Podcast for your hottest Greg Allen and Kendrick Morales takes. Exactly. That's what, that's, what that's what Tom Hanks is listening for. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, Tom Hanks, here's another shout out. Robinson Chirinos. That's a good bring in. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Gary Sanchez's time with the team is up. They brought in Robinson Chirinos. No! It's over. <laughs> Well, it's funny, it's like, like I, I saw the news come across yesterday that Torinos had signed on this minor league contract. And I was like, huh, I, I, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. I'm surprised that he settled for that. Then I actually looked at his 2020 and good God, that was it's bad numbers. Obviously, it was, again, fake season, two months, whatever. But he just did not hit anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I even care. <laughs> like, he's yeah. such a non-factor of a signing. It's literally just like injury insurance. Like they need to have somebody who's played in at least AAA, which outside of uh, Gary and uh, Higashioka, I don't think they had that until they brought in Chirinos. I looked into this yesterday. The only other guy that they have in their organization was uh, Rob Brantley, who they got from the Giants. Yeah, yeah, they got from the Giants last year, and he has played two major league games in the past four years, I think. So he's not really an option. So that's why uh, I apologize to Rob Brantley's family, who's definitely listening to this, but that's not a real person. Yes, Rob Brantley. (laughs) But... At least Robinson Torinos comes in and he's officially my second. He's number two on the Robinson C's that paid for, played for the Yankees. I think I, th- I had an exact tweet like that on Monday. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, yeah, the congrats, it's like hashtag congrats to Robinson Torinos up being my second favorite Robinson C. <laughs> Clearly, we're, all, we're only it's, doing it's, it's really thing. a tough competition. So yeah, <laughs> very tight. Yeah, he exists just to provide depth. Hopefully Higgy and Gary don't get hurt, that we don't have to really worry about him existing, and maybe he wouldn't even be around at the end of March. So Right, yeah. I think we spent more time talking about him than we probably need to. I think we spent more time talking about him than Brian Cashman did, honestly. He was probably like, uh, oh, crap, uh, pitchers and catchers tomorrow. We need another catcher. Uh, uh, Robinson Trinos? Yeah, sure, go get him in here. Yeah, why not? Yeah. But uh, the, I guess the the only other major move, which is not really a Yankees move, but an official farewell that uh, James Paxson is going back to the Mariners. So oh, yeah. uh, we never really thought that he was going to come back to the Yankees at this point, but that cemented it. And I think I'm glad that he's going back to Seattle. It seemed like that was a really good fit for him originally. And, you know, I, I like James Paxson as a Yankee. Obviously, the 2020 was a bummer, but. 2020 was a bummer in a lot of ways. So why not add add some Paxton injuries on top of that? I'm sorry. Did we, is it just that he's injury prone or can he not handle New York? What did we land on as a New York Yankees fan base for him? I think they ultimately came down on the injury prone just because he did pitch well in that one playoff game against the Astros. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, but I definitely, I definitely like James Paxton. I was excited when they traded for him. Like I thought it was a good, solid move. Obviously, yeah, I think you, me, everyone, Paxton himself probably wor- wishes it worked out better, but you can't really control injuries or anything like that. So, you know, hopefully he can go back to Seattle, a place where he obviously was comfortable, obviously liked it there, and, you know, can just kind of come back to himself. Yeah, exactly. No, and- no ill wishes here. Yeah. And it is kind of funny that, you know, now he's in the same rotation as uh, Justice Sheffield. So the Mariners have both pieces from that trade, basically. And the Yankees have uh, not much, but. And they still won't make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? They have some prospects coming soon, maybe. <laughs> I mean, if they couldn't make the playoffs in 2020 when like 75 teams made the playoffs, you got a problem there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a good tweet the other day that was saying like James Paxton was drafted, came up and was traded and then was reacquired. I was all part of the same Mariners rebuild, basically. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he has gone through oh. it all at this point. Man, that must but, be awful. But I guess Seattle's a nice place. So like, whatever. Yeah, could do a lot worse. You know, I'd rather yeah. hang around Seattle than uh, Anaheim, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Poor Mike Trout. Be, so you get to hang out with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout there. So that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I actually I don't know how much fun hanging out with Mike Trout is. I don't think he'd be bad. I think he'd just be like, okay. Okay. Right now, he'd be very fun to hang out with. Oh, talking about the weather. Yeah, for sure. Yes, exactly. Just, yeah, the weather the has been kind of crazy. And Mike Trout is the foremost expert on this, so he'd be a great hang right now. Yeah, you know that boring small talk that you always do about like, oh, well, 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 here's the weather where I am right now. Mike Trout could turn that into an hour-long conversation. Yes. (laughs) Mike Trout, come on the podcast and talk about weather. Uh, We know you're listening. Yes. Yeah, so Paxton, Seattle, good luck, I guess. I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm glad it wasn't to like the Rays or something because that would have been annoying, but. Oh, yeah. Anytime the Rays just sign anybody, I just, I get mad. Or, yeah, but then again, that happens like once a decade, so it's you don't get mad that often. Yeah, and like no matter who they sign, there's always like this feeling in the back of your mind. Well, like, oh, maybe they could do something with him. Like if the uh, Kansas City Royals had signed Chris Archer and Michael Walker in the off season, we would have been like lol. But yeah, since the Rays are doing it, be like, well, who knows? Yeah, and that's the most annoying thing. Like they're 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 going to be touted as this great organization because they traded away Blake Snell. And then brought in Chris Archer and Michael Walker. Somehow used their raise voodoo magic that I guess they borrowed from the Cardinals voodoo magic, whatever it is, to like get them to perform well again. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, see what a great organization this is!" Like, no, yeah, no. it's like there's a whole different thing beyond. You can sort of respect what the they do, but like the coaching staff and the people down down on the field do to make these pitchers become really great, while also being like. The organization should not have to operate this way. Right. Yeah. No, it's definitely, there's definitely very talented people in this organization. Like they do very good work. Nobody's even coming close to denying that. But outside of that, I mean, you can't praise the organization for what they're doing. Yeah. You look, and you look at what like Andrew Friedman has done since going over from the Rays to the Dodgers that like now that he actually has some money to work with, he uses it pretty well, honestly. And then like, you'll go out make the big blockbuster deal for Mookie Betts, sign him to a 10 year extension or whatever, and he'll bring in all these free, other free agents if they make a good fit and good <laughs> congratulations to the Dodgers on actually <laughs> trying, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I forgot that 
Um, wait, did Felix Hernandez go to the Orioles? Is that a thing? <laughs> yes, Felix Hernandez and Matt Harvey. And Matt Harvey. Yeah, are on the I Orioles. Looking up, I was looking up Matt Harvey because I was just like, hey, I think he just went there. And that's like typical. That, that was like related to like if the Royals had signed Chris Archer, you would just be laughing about it. Like, yeah, but as soon as we saw that, I saw that the Matt Harvey had signed with the Orioles. I just was like, RIP his career that I thought was already dead, but I guess it's just double dying now. Did you know that but Matt man, Harvey was on the Royals last year? No, you could like. No, I would have named 35 other major league teams. Like before I would have brought, I would have said he was on the Expos before I would have thought he was on the Royals. Yeah. He just showed up, pitched seven games. Uh, try to guess his ERA. 7.36. Uh, higher. <laughs> 13.12. Uh, 11.57. Uh, I got to meet me in the middle here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 11, yeah, so he pitched 11 and two thirds innings, gave up 27 hits. <laughs> wow, that that's a hit fun. per nine of uh 20.8 and a home run per nine of 4.6. Good, what happened to him? He just died. Yeah, well, he had that. Um, what do you have? He had the, that, that bad rib injury, I think, with the, right. he had the thoracic, then, yeah. Yeah, I need to and actually look up then, what I'm talking about because I'm just saying random medical words. Like thoracic outlet syndrome or something. There you go. Listen, listen to the brain over here. Got it. <laughs> oh my God, I had it right. <laughs> thoracic outlet syndrome or surgery or whatever. Yeah. And then I remember there was one thing like the year after they made the World Series where like he had to take a really bad piss or something. That was a thing too. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that, but <laughs> like I don't remember if those two were related, but like, in my mind they're related. Like his rib injury made him really have to go to the bathroom. He said he was bad, and then his career just downwards. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I've heard of pissing your career away, but man, <laughs> hey, hey, we got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so this has Cong- been uh, Matt Harvey podcast. Congrats to the Orioles on Matt Harvey. I guess, <laughs> man, what it's is that? Be team? So sad. Like, I-, I will laugh when like Glaber and Judge destroy Matt Harvey, just because I think it'd be funny. But like, I will actually be sad when they do that to Felix. Oh yeah, no, it's it's like, man, I I respect anyone who wants to play as long as they really want to. But man, Felix. At this point in his career, in Camden Yards is such a bad combination. Yeah. Like, hey, I mean, power to him. If he can go there, pitch well, revive his career, great. Because he's not that old. I mean, he's going to be 30. He's 34. Yeah. He'll be 35 in uh, April. But yeah. It's one of those things, though, that because he came up when he was 19, he's and he he's been in the league 15 years, and that was even that's not even including 2020 since he opted out. Um, right. Otherwise, he's going to be on the Braves, which is kind of funny too. But yeah, anything that's just him not in the Mariners uniform is just weird. Yeah, we're both uh, Devils fans, so it'll be sort of like the Martin Brodeur St. Louis Blues experience that is basically never spoken of. <laughs> those seven games, like, did you really? Did you what? What did you get out of this, Marty? Uh, I guess he got that. He he was working their front office for a couple of years there. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's back in the Devils front office now. And yeah. this has been the All About the Jersey podcast, I guess. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> well, maybe Felix Hernandez is trying to become the new Orioles pitching coach, which, uh, uh, Godspeed. <laughs> Good luck, man. Good luck. <laughs> and just, just, just throw up four fingers whenever Glaber's at the hat. Yeah. 
that's, oh, that's, that's, that's what a good pitching coach would tell you. That that makes me um kind of bummed because it reminds me that uh, Gary Thorne's not going to be back with the Orioles for 2021, so we won't get more of his uh, reactions with for Glaber. And in my mind, I like to think that they just got mad or upset about how um, how upset he got. That's why he. <laughs> He's not back with them. Yeah. It's like, you're embarrassing. Yeah, I, like to, I like to make up my own versions of things that happen because, well, I don't care enough to find out the real version because it's just generally not fun for me. <laughs> so this is why Matt Harvey pissed away his career. Gary Thornton just got too excited about Glaber and they were just like, yeah, nope, done. You're out. Perfect. Gary Thornton, when you listen to this, please let us know if I'm right or wrong. Yes. You can reach him again by uh, tweeting at I'm not a HR hitter. Exactly. I guess before we wrap up, we should talk a little bit about how we're annoyed with the MLB rules staying mostly the same for 2021 mm-hmm. with the seven inning double headers. You extra mean the health rule. and safety rules that have nothing to do with health and safety at all? Oh, yes. You know, it's <laughs> saved so much by, you know, having seven inning double headers. I too like to just make up game lengths and random rules in overtime, and that's going to keep you safe. Meanwhile, like, vaccines if you want them i guess yeah i guess that's kind of a hard thing too since that's something that the player has agreed to basically that they didn't want to have to all have vaccines or something like that but it's it's hard to like get completely mad at major league baseball baseball (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what baseball is but it's hard to get completely mad at mlb because like the players association does agree to this stuff but god it's just it has nothing to do with health and like all these reporters like, oh, the the two sides have agreed to health and safety protocols. First thing up, seven inning double hunters. All right. Yeah, like are we gonna the, get to the health and safety now? Like the most we're doing here seems to just be like, well, if we have to cancel a whole bunch of games due to COVID, we can cram some more into the schedule using these seven inning double headers. But to me, the better solution would be to say, well, we don't necessarily have to replay those games if it doesn't work out. Obviously, you try to reschedule it, but you don't need to do these seven inning fake baseball game double headers. Yeah, and like. Let's just say like a game between like the Royals and the Orioles gets canceled. Like who cares? <laughs> Literally who cares? Find me one person who cares. I don't even think the Orioles or the Royals care. Yeah, probably not. Maybe Matt Harvey cares. I don't know. Maybe Matt Harvey cares. He wants to get revenge on his former team. <laughs> Royals legend, Matt Harvey. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be remembered for that. Yeah. And the extra inning rule too, like that one, like I can actually get just a little bit more, but I'm still not a huge fan. And I, I, the thing I'm most worried about is just like, we're going to be doing this now for two years in a row. It's going to be hard to stop the train really and get them to not do it. If there is a real season in 2022, you know? Well, that's the whole thing is like, even like the seven inning double headers and like this extra inning, I'd be less upset about like, honestly, I don't know that I care that much one way or the other. I mean, like, I don't mind if like, you know, people like things like sports do weird things just to like wrap up like regular season games or whatever. Like in the NHL, like they'll eventually go to a shootout in the regular season if nobody scores in overtime. But then in in the playoffs, they let them play out in overtime. They don't do the shootout and stuff. So I'd like to see something like that. Where like if you're going to do the stupid runner on second thing like that, if you want to do that in the regular season, fine. Who cares? But like, like, don't let that happen in the playoffs. Yeah. And at least they seem to avoid that last postseason, I think, though I didn't really think any too many games really went into extras yeah. anyway but 
this stuff didn't come up as because of COVID or like they just got uh, accelerated because of COVID and the whole pandemic. Like they, this is stuff that they've been wanting to put in for years for God knows what reason, but it's not like 2020 was the first we've heard of a runner on second and extra innings. No, they've been working on it in the minor. So they just use this pandemic to push their agenda forward. Yeah. That's what I think annoys me more than anything else than the fact that they're actually doing it. Yeah. And I didn't really mind it in the minors. Cause like, I know minor league baseball is a very long story tradition, but that those are the type of games that, yeah, you can end those a little bit early if you need to, just cause I don't think anyone really needs to see position player pitching for in the 14th inning of like, I don't know, Reading against uh, Syracuse so, yeah. or whatever. Are those even still teams anymore? I don't remember because they just released a new affiliation. I'm pretty sure they are, but yeah, that's another whole bag of worms to get into with the whole minor <laughs> league restructuring and purchasing. And I don't really know what exactly they're doing there, but you know, Godspeed, I guess. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I don't get the full logistics of it, but I'm just going to assume it's not good. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of like, I I mean, a whole bunch of teams got called, which is a real bummer for all those communities and stuff. It's annoying that the Trenton Thunder had to settle for being in this MLB draft league with like amateur players because they don't have a real minor league this year. Staten Island, I don't think is playing at all. So maybe they'll finally go to be the pizza rats if they do come back instead of being the Staten Island Yankees. Yeah, they're just going to be scrimmaging throughout 2021 (laughs) as themselves as the pizza rats. Themselves. Oh, such a stupid whole naming fiasco too when they did that a couple of years ago oh my yeah. god we're, we're gonna choose a name and then all the names were extremely dumb so they're like well I'll just stay the staten island yankees like okay yeah cool. <laughs> well we tried <laughs> that was a fun 10 minutes i guess <sighs> yeah yeah it's gonna take my brain a little bit to calibrate to the fact that double a is somerset now high a is hudson valley you know yeah. The Yankees have operated with the same minor league structure now for quite some time. So it's definitely like recalibration going on. Absolutely. It's even like the Tampa changing their name to the Tarpons. That took a while to get used to. And I don't think I'm still fully used to it because I have to think about it, what the what their new name was. Yeah. And they're now, they're now the low A team. Yeah. But I'm sure eventually we'll get there, whatever, wherever there is, we'll get there. Yeah. And it's still kind of weird too, because they haven't really announced when all these minor leagues are starting like it seems like triple a will start in april then double a will be like may and then the rest will probably be like june but that's not announced yet which i guess why should we why should we be surprised by this (laughs) right i hope that they're spending this extra time to figure it out to like rename the actual divisions because right now it's like triple a west southeast north high left right division yes like okay (laughs) Well, I think what they're going to do is they're trying to so get branding on it, which I guess would be better than calling like it the Northwest East. But I mean, it's also just like, okay, great. I mean, no matter what, it's going to be bad, but I think it has to. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to, but I'm hoping it's better than Northeast, Southwest, left, right division. Guaranteed rate division. <laughs> yes, there we go. Or um, how they renamed Miller Park, something terrible, like American Did Family they- Insurance. When did that West. happen? Uh, I think just this past off season. Oh, that's rude. Yeah, that was that was one of those ones that like even though like Miller is technically a sponsor too, it just matched Milwaukee so perfectly that They're it made the sense. Brewers. Yeah, it exactly. All makes sense here. Yeah, it's kind of like you know Bush Stadium. Budweiser's right there, so it's fine. Right. Yeah. You, like, wow. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, American Family Insurance Field. Sure. We yeah, love it. that's where I'm going tonight. Or American Family Field. There you go. Isn't it great? 
Uh, I would be so annoyed if I was a Brewers fan, but whatever. <laughs> like we had this great name that worked, or no, we don't. We got to gotta get the sponsors, you know? Otherwise, how else are they going to afford... I can't think of a free agent they've signed this whole offseason. <laughs> I don't know that I can name a player on their team. Christian Yelich, come on. Oh, done. For some reason, I just assumed he was gone. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. He's, I think he signed an extension there to be there for a while. So <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's on me. Okay. Excuse me. They did sign a free agent. They signed Colton Wong. Sure. Yeah. So this has been Brewers beat. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, I think that'll about do it for us. Uh, I think we will end the podcast with the storied PSA tradition that we neglected uh, the last time we recorded because we suck. Uh, the Yankee and the Mitre of the week. Yay! Bringing back the car horn. Woo! Yeah. Well, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll do it Yankee and Mitre of the offseason, maybe. I don't know. That seems like a good way to sort of encompass everything, since otherwise you'd be like, I don't know. Congrats to Robson Chirinos. <laughs> <laughs> Yankee of the week. Why not? <laughs> so, uh, Yankee of the offseason. Who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to go with CC Sabathia. Um, I know he's retired, but he's a Yankee forever. And, yeah. you know, he, his uh, documentary came out on HBO Max that just kind that of was great. Know, yeah. went through his life and his struggles and everything. And it was just fantastic. So, I'm going to give him my Yankee of the offseason because why the hell not? I think that is a great pick, honestly. That was I really enjoyed that documentary, and it was uh, so good. He's and he's such a, a vocal dude about getting his voices out there, lifting up other voices, and just one of the few extremely good dudes in baseball. I think <laughs> no, really, and he he's definitely like just you know like if you listen to his podcast or anything, he's just easy to listen to. Like, sounds seems like he genuinely enjoys what he's talking about. He's very interested in baseball, the history, and, and even like you know like just music uh pop culture everything like he's just very relatable and i love that i love seeing you know his family on his family tradition of their pictures every halloween like what they dress up as and everything is it's hard not to root for the guy yeah it's one of those things where at this point in his life you know that he's not going to be doing anything unless he really wants to be doing something and i really just respect just being able to be like i don't need to do this so i'm just gonna do whatever the hell i want and just have fun and he, you could tell, like, yeah, he's just having fun with it. I'm just going to be a podcaster. Why not? Yeah. And RTC2. Uh, what a great name. Yeah, exactly. Good good work by uh, Ruko and Sabathia. Ruko. We need more <laughs> Ruko on the guest broadcast, too. He's always great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So who's Don't... your Yankee of the offseason? My Yankee of the offseason is going to be uh, DJ LeMayhew because my man got paid and uh, yes. good for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Simple enough, you know, Um, and he he's been the best player the last two years on the Yankees and he made sure that he got his money and he's going to be in pinstripes for a while. And I think he's going to be the kind of player that he might not ever hit as well as he has in the past two years again, but he's still probably going to age pretty well, I think. I think so, too. And like, even if he's not exactly what you said, like, you know, the MVP caliber player that he has been the last two seasons. The Yankees got a great deal on him. So even if they're like, if you consider that they're overpaying a little bit now, it probably just all evens out because of how much they probably underpaid him the last two years. Right. And even in like it toward the end of this contract, he's, I doubt that he's going to be hitting anywhere close to what he used to, but he, he has the versatility to be a good bench bat too at the end of his contract. And yeah, really, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. So. The funny thing about uh, DJ LeMahieu, though, is uh, after the Rockies traded uh, Arenado, whatever, like their owner had that weird freaking speech or whatever the press conference they gave. And one of the things I think he brought up was how he like one of the mistakes he made was letting DJ LeMahieu walk two years ago. And like, 
you know you could have brought him back this offseason, right? He was, free. <laughs> yeah, he was around, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Throwing it out there. It's like, um, what was it when, um, what was it the Mets? They wanted that uh, one. It was like, oh, we want this type of. Oh, we uh, want an Addison know. Reed type. Yeah, we want an Addison <laughs> Reed type. You know he's a free agent, right? You can just <laughs> sign Addison Reed. <laughs> ah, but if only. What is logic? Like? It's like the Red Sox trying to, you know, find a new prospect who can be like Mookie Betts. Right. Like, oh, Verdugo may be good one day. Like, all right, yeah, but he's not going to be this. Yeah. Uh, DJ's a good pick for the Yankee of the offseason. I mean, the dude got what he deserves. So, yeah, big always go. root for that. Who are you going for uh, Mitre of the offseason? Um, some combination of Hal Steinbrenner, Brian Cashman, and whoever decided to let Masahiro Tanaka walk away. Yeah, I think that Unless is it was just purely his worthy. decision. <laughs> <laughs> now, I feel like if the Yankees had made like a serious pursuit of Tanaka, he probably would have ended up staying. I mean, I can't obviously we can't speak to him personally. I will say, no. even in our fanfic, I do not think Mathieu Tanaka listens to our podcast. <laughs> no, he does. He he listens. Oh, he good. Does. good. Don't worry about it. Tanaka, we love no, you. No, but like in his uh, introductory press conference, I mean, I think when he was there for uh, Rakuten, and he was just, he basically said like, "Hey, the Yankees were my first choice, but when they didn't show any interest, I was like, let's see what else." That's when I really started thinking about coming home. Like, okay. I think he would have said if they made like a real respectable, like not lowball bullshit offer to him. Mm-hmm. But also, they can make it up to me by bringing back David Robertson, who's around, and they just attended a workout of it. So yeah, yeah that's uh, we'll that's see. still out there, and he's another like uh, you know circling back to Justin Wilson too. He's another guy who could sign in. He's probably going to sign like have to sign a minor league contract anyway. So maybe you get him in. If he looks good in spring training, then you carry him, and then that's just another good reliever to have around. Yeah, exactly. If he can come back to like, and I mean, I don't think he's going to come back to what he was in 2018 or whatever, like, you know, being that kind of guy, but he's not a bad guy to have around if he's healthy and can pitch. Yeah. So Who's your uh, Mitre of the off season. Uh, I think my Mitre of the off season is uh, Domingo Herman. Uh, I don't like <laughs> <Okay>. him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Domingo Herman, and also he pitched in the Winter League and looked like crap. So <laughs> I don't really think he really needs necessarily a spot on this team. He might end up in the bullpen. I don't think he's going to end up in one of the rotation spots, but but it's he won eighteen games that one time. Yeah, yeah with all all the run support. Congratulations, Domingo. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude had like a nine, like not a nine, but like I think he had like a five ERA or close to a five ERA, like four something, it was whatever. Like, four point oh three, but you know. it's, it's close to a five if you round up to five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he he but, was not, he did not pitch like an eighteen game winner. We'll say that. No, much. he didn't. Yeah. It's just like wins are stupid, regardless. I mean, this has just been a long storied conversation. I think. Wins are dumb because they have like the pitcher has no relevance to whether or not they win or lose. Obviously, yeah, you can lose the game for them, but like, how many wins does Jacob Degrom get a year? Like, dude has like one run in nine innings and he still takes a loss. Yeah, I just looked this up. The most wins Jacob Degrom has ever gotten in the season is fifteen, and no, Domingo Herman has never been better than Jacob Degrom. <laughs> no, 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 he's better. He's better. He's got three more wins. Yeah, yes, that's that, that's worth three WAR, right? That's how it works. Yeah. Well, anyway, I want to read the uh, Domingo Herman stat line for uh, the Dominican Winter League. In um, five starts, he had a 7.16 ERA and um, walked five per nine. So great. Is that bad? Seems bad. I don't think this guy needs to be on the team. (laughs) I'm not ready for the people who are like rooting for him or standing. Like, no, no. No, not worth it. Nope. (laughs) He can go away. 
Well, we'll see what happens in spring training. Hopefully the next time we record, we'll have a little bit more of an idea of what's going on in the spring. Hopefully no one will have broken themselves within the first week like Severino did last year. So, I mean, at this point, you just have to expect it. Something's going to happen. We know some big injuries coming out. You don't want it to, but it's going to happen. Yeah. Hopefully it's just like minimal type thing, but that's why like Robinson Trinos is around. Like, I don't know if I trust the Yankees to like manage injuries properly, but let's see. Yeah. Judge and Stanton are doing yoga now, so maybe that'll help. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for us, unless you have anything else. No, I think that's it. Right. Go Yankees, go baseball. Woo. All right. Go Yankees, go baseball. You can follow me on Twitter at Merns PSA. You can follow Kunj on Twitter at I'm not a HR hitter, which is definitely totally Kunj. It's <laughs> definitely me. And follow uh, Pinstripe Alley just at Pinstripe Alley. We have tweets sometimes that are not terrible, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't take his word for it because he's not on Twitter. So. <laughs> exactly. All right. All well, right. see you in uh, spring training. Bye. Sounds good. Bye.